Hello, everybody. Welcome into the special edition of our podcast. We call it Monday Scramble, but it is Friday. Masters edition. We're here a special guest, Mark Wicker, sports columnist from the LA Daily News. He has covered more than 30 Masters. And Ryan Labner, who is with us, and Rex Hogger. Ryan Labner is not, not yet 30 years old. So Mark Wicker covered his first Masters before Ryan Labner was even thought of. So, Ryan, I hope you don't uh, mind if we go to him much more often than we go to you. No, it's nice to have a veteran presence here, as opposed to you two, knobs. So, Mark, <laughs> welcome welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I, I know I didn't think of you when I covered my first match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into it. It's a pretty good day. We were here. We did this last night, and we didn't really know what to expect, but we did know that weather was going to be a big deal. We knew that it was going to be a lot more difficult. We knew that numbers were going to be much higher. And boy, it was in spades. So, Mark, let's let's uh, start with you. Sort of first impressions of the day in general, just the golf course and and the pretty studly leaderboard, even at the end of the day. Yeah, when the when the day began, I didn't know how difficult the win would be. I know when Jordan Spieth started out, it, it really wasn't a factor. And then somewhere in the middle of his front nine, probably about the time he made that double bogey, it uh, it really changed. And and I, I think I don't think it was the wind as much as the uh, unpredictability of the wind. You know, it came up, it would go down, it came up, it came from different directions, and it, it really fooled uh, a lot of people, including the guy who's kind of ruled this place the last couple of years, Jordan Spieth. And so it was it was interesting to see them uh, on edge all day long, all the players. Yeah, and he there was a little bit of a pucker factor, factor there as well too, right, when he got put on the clock. His group got put on the clock. Getting put on the clock going around eight men quarter, that'll make you pucker. Like nobody's business. On 11, like the hardest <laughs> hole on the golf course, 520-yard par 40 gets put on the clock. But I, I thought the conditions today were actually harder than what we're anticipating. Only four players broke par. It's the, the second fewest since in the, in the last 30 years. It was just really difficult, and the greens became so firm. Jordan Spieth mentioned that he had a four iron on the first hole that stayed on the top shelf. And by the end of the day, he was hitting nine irons that were bounding over the back. So... That's something that the tournament committee is really going to have to watch on Saturday because the wind's supposed to be 30 miles an hour once again. It's going to be cooler in the morning. The greens are going to be so firm, and if you're not careful, it certainly could get out of control. I, I don't want to gloss over this getting put on the clock thing because I, I think it is, it's becoming an issue. And, and look, I did not think Jordan was a slow player. I, I'm still not convinced he's a slow player. but until He's I not was, a fast one. He's not fast. He's a methodical player. Yes, he's deliberate. There's no doubt about that. But I, I, I didn't even think he was that until we were in Abu Dhabi this year. And, of course, he got the penalty that was very highly publicized, number one in the world. It's the first penalty under the European Tour's new policy. So I timed him throughout the course of the week. He's very deliberate over a lot of shots. And you're right, to get put on the clock on a main corner. And, look, to his defense, he said that you know we were a hole behind. Clearly, we should have been on the clock. But it's becoming increasingly an issue. And it's something, I mean, imagine if this crops up on Sunday afternoon on a main corner. He was backing off a lot today, and, and he and Michael were having a lot of conversations, and he was very agitated. We've all seen him kind of talk to the ball and get animated, but that back nine, um, he was not happy at all because things you know, things just weren't happening the way that they had calculated they were going to happen. And it was interesting, too, or he talked about afterwards about how he and Michael talked about, hey, do we go ahead and take a bad time just to slow this down? But that... Even though you can't, be thinking, like you, that, you can't be thinking of that, because then if you get a second bad time, we know what that leads to. So you can't go ahead and take one. You got one strike. You know the next essentially is the third strike, not really the second. And you're going to start adding strokes. You can't. You you, you talk about the pucker factor there. But hey, look, Spieth did not have his best stuff. 
still sort of leaked a little bit of oil down the end and ends up with a 74 and is one shot in the lead. But now his closest pursuer is, is Rory McIlroy. So, Mark, when you look at it, I don't really want to sort of all of a sudden fast forward to tomorrow, but we got Jordan and Rory. I mean, Rory Rory played really, really, really well. He was one of those under par rounds a, a lot earlier, quite a bit earlier, but still pretty studly the performance. Well, he brought Rory closer to him, and he brought like 15 or 20 other guys. You know, I mean, Matsuyama's in there. Dustin Johnson, Birdie, all the par fives. He's, yep. he's even. Snedeker. With 36 yeah. Snedeker and a lot of other He's your players. boy, isn't he? Dustin Johnson's your boy. I picked him, so. I wasn't going to mention that if he'd had an 80, but I'll mention it now. But anyway. You root for the story, not the player. Or you're not in this maybe case. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I, I, uh, I just have a feeling he's going to win a major sometime. Of course, I felt that way about a lot of guys. Yeah, I, think, I think we all have that feeling. It's just whether it's going to happen is another story. Well, he needs the major to win him, but not I think him Rory, the major. You know, the, the thing about Rory, we, and people have talked about the way he's had trouble on these greens, has trouble on fast greens. He rolled in. A lot of big putts on the back nine. Mm. Great two putt on from the back of 13. That thing was about 100 feet. And the putt on 16 was the type of putt that people make when they win the Masters. And the part that impresses me the most, I mean, you're absolutely right. When he makes the transition to the cross-handed putting grip and at the row, you all you got the distinct feeling that this was all geared towards Augusta. He needed to do something. Look, he knew he could hit the ball great and still lose this event simply because it's all about putting. And I think today was a big litmus test for that cross-handed putting grip. I mean, the fact that you pointed out he made a lot of putts. And, and look, he got off to a fast start, got himself into a little bit of trouble. Didn't give up. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's phased at all this week. And I still think that Jordan is going to be difficult to beat. But it's a much different scenario with those two going out in the same pairing tomorrow. Yeah, and it's got to give Roy a lot of confidence to make putts. Jordan talked about how on two footers he was playing the ball outside the hole because you're, you're playing the win. So, yeah, right, you're right. This was the ultimate litmus test for him but I think you're right going into Saturday now it's less about Jordan versus Rory which is something that we all wanted to see but no one's really looking at that as wow they're gonna throw up 66s and 65s tomorrow it's really just going to be a day of survival and and who's going to make the fewest number of mistakes that's going to be the story on Saturday not necessarily who beats who right, before we talk a little bit more about uh about Saturday Jay Coffin here with Ryan Lavner Rex Hoggard, Mark Wicker here with the LA Daily News, covered more than 30 Masters. Good to have him here with us in our, in, our, in our rented house with our creepy doll that's still sitting here accompanying us uh, every day. Um, I think I'm going to have to put the baby in the corner because I have not slept too well the last couple nights. Um, we got to pay off the amateur. <laughs> All right. Bryson DeChambeau, look, he makes triple bogey, a horrendous triple bogey on 18. But he was a story most uh, – he was a story all day. Right, the entire time he went toe to toe with Jordan Spieth and played better than Jordan Spieth for 17 holes. Not even a question. He was a shot within a shot from the lead. I mean, he was he was there until two nasty, till two nasty nasty drives on 18. But still, we got to give the dude credit. Only four shots back, tied for eighth place. Still pretty impressive for the amateur to do that. Well, he chips in on one, and then uh, he birdies 11. He's one of six people to do that all week. Yeah, and. I don't, you know, even though Stuff, Spieth, stuffs it to a foot on 12. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right after that. And even though Jordan's only two months older than yeah than Bryson, uh, I wonder about that dynamic, you know, because Jordan's always been the, the kid, you know, the prodigy and all this. Now there's a prodigy standing right next to him, mm. playing right there with him, like you said. And, and the way to get, you know, after four holes, Jordan was up five and looked like he might win this thing by 10. You know? Yeah. And then it turned. And, and you wonder, 
you know, he's pretty impervious to, to mental stuff and the pressure, but you wonder what the dynamic was like because this kid stood right up to him, and, and Jordan did not look like Jordan for most of that back nine. Give me your best Bobby Jones. You got an amateur <laughs> that close to the lead. You got to believe Bobby Jones sat up and took notice of that one. I went to school with Bobby Jones, except it was the basketball. Player. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> now, Bryson was a fantastic story, and it's amazing the level of maturity he has. I mean, we, I, you know, I spent the week talking about how Jordan's got this off-the-charts golf IQ where just in his third Masters, we're already kind of crowning him the new champion of Augusta National. But this kid in his first start, it's absolutely unbelievable what he's been able to do. The maturity, the the fact that he hasn't gotten ahead of himself, the fact that, look, I, I've spent some time around him. Lab, you spent time around him. You would think he has a tendency to overthink things, which would be a bad thing on this golf course. But it certainly doesn't seem to be impacting. Yeah, Lab, you know him about as well as anybody. And I think we both thought he would play well, but this is still... Still kind of big-time stuff. Well, it's not even just the level of maturity. It's the level of confidence. It's, it's the sense of belonging out there. I mean, normally you think an amateur who's one shot off the lead on Friday at the Masters would just be mind-blown by the situation, but he wasn't phased at all. He didn't say that nerves was got he? him on Was on he on 18? Pool. I mean, I know he said it. He wasn't. said it was Do you nerves. believe that? Yeah, I actually do believe that. He doesn't like the left-right one in that hole, and he, he pulled two drives. I know somebody, terribly, I know somebody terribly. else like that. Yeah, but I know somebody else who does not like a left to right wind. His name uh, right with Brian uh, Scavner. But listen, I, he's four shots back now, heading heading into the weekend. It might take a little bit of a spotlight off if he actually was in the final group on on Saturday. You can see how that would be a, a big pressure spot. But I'm not totally surprised that Bryson's playing this well. He's had a dozen practice rounds here. He's a lot of big game experience, and like Spieth, he's a guy. Who Tends to shine the biggest moments. Yeah, he's a little bit of a grinder. All right, let's so let's go ahead and look forward. I know we talked about a little bit about uh, about Saturday and kind of what to look forward to, and you know it, it's impossible to look at anybody other than Jordan and Rory because that's just that's just the way it is, and and those guys deserve all the credit and everything. But it just still is going to be another tough, tough, tough day. We know the golf course is not going to be any. It's not going to be any easier. They're going off at two fifty in the afternoon. So it's going to be kind of crispy by the time they get there. They're going to get the worst conditions. It's going to be just like anything else. So, Mark, what are you, what do you, I'm not going to say what do you expect. What are you looking forward to the most on Saturday? I'm looking forward to someone joining, joining the fight. You know, joining those first two guys and, and maybe having a, a, a round in the high 60s before before them and, and posting that. You know, not that that's going to win the tournament, but somebody who's going to kind of emerge from that and join it because it's not going to be Jordan versus Rory. It's not going to be that simple. There's just too many good players out there. And we've all seen a guy like Matsuyama who, you know, the way he stood up to Ricky Fowler in Phoenix, the way he's played ever since the winning the Memorial, playing well in the majors. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be him, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he came in there with like a 68 or 69. It was in the middle of this thing from Sunday. As a, as a, he's not moving, I, I think. As a, as a side note, Jason Day has to be kicking himself with a little uh, little 39 but, on that back nine. he's I, playing a it's lot all, earlier is, than, a, than the last yeah, group is tomorrow. He could throw up a 69, yeah, a 70, yeah, and be five right shots back, back. in the tournament. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, it's, still, it, it's still, you know, that a 39 is a 39 on that backside, and, and he's going to – I got a feeling – look, he, he may contend and may be close, on the back, on, on but the you 49. know what? He's just going to be absolutely kicking himself. All right, so, again, what are you – both of you guys, Ryan, Rex, what are you looking forward to 
tomorrow. We're going to be sitting here at this point tomorrow night. Probably not with her because uh, this is past your bedtime, I'm guessing. <laughs> but we're going to be what talking. You say, what you say again? We're going to be talking about that golf course. I think the golf course is going to be the story again tomorrow, like it was today. Maybe even more so. I mean, it depends on how much water they decide to to dump on those greens and then turn on the the fans and dry them out. Because look, they tee off late. You saw it today. You can put as much water as you want on it tonight. It's going to be dry by the time those guys tee off tomorrow, and it's it's going to be very very difficult. Yeah, I think Jordan Spieth was a star on Thursday, and Ernie Els was kind of a star in his own right. But the golf course is going to be shining brightest on both Friday and Saturday. It's just a, a battle of survival tomorrow, and there's just there's so many players, and it didn't seem like a couple hours ago that this tournament was even a, a tournament. I mean, Jordan Spieth was five shots ahead. He Everyone was fading away. He had shown no signs of, of collapsing at all, and, and right now you have... Eleven guys within four shots of lead. If you if you take Macro out of the out of the mix, so I think some someone tomorrow's going to post it early well, and possibly steal this. Thing. Let me let me throw some out there, Rex. Sort of a, against your point, you were talking about you know the golf course is going to be the story and everything on Saturday. And I know this is Augusta National, and it's always the story and it's always a story. But by the end of the week, it's rarely a story, right? At Chambers Bay, yes, for the U.S. Open. It, so I guess I'm not necessarily saying I disagree with you, but. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, but at the end of the week, the golf course isn't putting on a green jacket. A player is going to put on a green jacket, but it's well, controlling I, the events. Well, so okay, far. but it always, but it, but a golf course always controls the event. We'll it does every we'll week. Have on Sunday. That, that was well, right. Yeah. So you Look, think Saturday, and then all of a sudden Sunday, we're going to lay back and let the fun. Yeah, but but Sunday's not going to be easy. I, it may be set up easier, but it's still going to be windy and chilly, and it's not an easy golf Sunday's course. Five miles an hour. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be, gonna be, gonna be yeah, a burning barrage. Yeah, and the way they set it up, they have it dialed down to a science. I said tomorrow night we're going to be talking about the golf course. I would be stunned. I would be mm. shocked. I would be very surprised if we're sitting around here Sunday night talking about the golf course. You know, and if you think about all these guys, and you look at them at their best, if they're all playing lights out, which they won't be, but let's say that they are. You know, if Rory putts. He's probably going to win. I mean, if he puts at a high level, as he did on the back nine, and keeps his confidence, he will probably win because of that group, um, and excluding Day, um, he has the best game. Yeah. Head to head, probably. I think, I, I so think Day too. has the best game well, out of all of them. I think, yeah. I think Rory does too, but I was, I was actually listening to, to you knuckleheads and your podcast on the drive up here. Why'd you do and that? And agreed with Ryan in that... I think Rory actually has the best game at his best, but we don't see it as enough as 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 often as we should. Right. I think well, we, I, what good, I think what good is having this amazing A game if you pull it out once every three years? Yeah. Jason Day plays at a consistently higher level. Well, he has the been the last two. year and a half. But, but I mean, let's, let's take. A I'll say this though. He's I, also I, been healthy. I think somebody else is. I think somebody else is going to join the join the fray as well. But. It, but even if they don't, we're we're still talking about a dude who's trying to win a second consecutive green jacket against a dude who's trying to capture the career grand slam. Yeah. And if all these other guys just go and don't even bother to show up, that's gonna somehow we're for, gonna be fine. it's gonna pay but itself Decky off. Decky is the guy to watch on the weekend. Best iron player in the game, terrific in the wind. Can he putt last? If he can putt. If he can putt, so no putting at this tournament. I believe there is putting at this. Tournament. But if he can putt, he's a master. The way you also have to, you know, we just talked about. I just talked about how Rory had the best game if they're all playing at their best, but they're probably not going to all play mm-hmm. at their best. Then you look at the guy who's the best competitor, the guy who's got the most stuff inside, and you still go back to Jordan Spieth, I think. 
you know, I, mean, I know I know we're a little down on him today mm -hmm. because he wasn't Superman on the back nine today. Mm -hmm. He's still leading the tournament. He had a terrific and par save on the last to avoid yeah, going bogey, 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 bogey. And you know how the guy is. We've watched him. Uh, you, know, you see how he is when it, when it's tough. And when we've seen him win in so many tough conditions. You know, you got to look at that. It's hard to knock a guy who has been in the solo lead the last six rounds that he's played at Augusta National. This was his first over par round ever. Ever. And he's still in the lead. And 30, now, 30 Masters. Can you remember a scenario? Because I went back and looked. So when it comes to Tiger and Phil, there's only been one time on the weekend that they've been paired together in the final group. Yeah. Back in 2001, I don't, I can't remember a, a, a time. And you go back 30 years. Can you remember a time when you had two of the, the top players who, as you pointed out, were both playing well at the same time on mm -hmm. a Saturday in this case, but even a Sunday, either one. Well, if I were younger, I could remember. But <laughs> since I'm so old, I can't remember. But um, I feel like we're picking on you. The first one that I ever went to was 1975, and that was Nicholas Miller and Weisskopf. Pretty good one. And I don't think there's been a. a <laughs> Not a duel because there were three guys, but that was a great one. Um, the one in the, the year Rory blew it, and it was yep. Schwartzel, Scott, Dave. That everybody. was tremendous. I mean, that was a slugfest. Everybody was making birdies. Yep. That was that was kind of what you were talking about, too. And then there was a year, too, when... Uh, Mike Weir and Len Matisse were going ahead to head. That was I was going to think about. That was the duel you were thinking about. I was also going to mention Trevor. <laughs> I think the year BJ won and Duvall and Furick and all those guys were in Ernie was in that mix, Ernie. yeah. And and Ernie and Phil in two thousand four when Ernie mm -hmm. Eagles the first uh, Eagles twice on the front, and still Phil comes back and beats him. That was that was kind of similar to what you're talking about. So since we're going down this road, we might as well pick his brain as much as he can remember. So then, what are your two or three best Masters moments? Uh, 96 and 97 would be the two that I will remember mm. most because of the incredible, and I cover a lot of sports. I, I don't know of any day that was more memorable in, in kind of a car wreck sort of way as, as Sunday in 96. I mean, that was, that was absolutely amazing. And, uh, you could write a book about that day. And then 97, what Tiger did, I mean, uh, but, you know, uh, I've, I think I've probably done about 32, and about 26 of them have been just absolutely spectacular. And Were you here in 86? That's why this event, yes, I was here in 86. I'd put that close to that. I mean, that was phenomenal, too. But yeah. those two, I mean, the, just the historical thing, what Tiger did, not not because of any reason other than here's a kid out there shooting 18 under and, and yeah. breaking all barriers. And I still remember Tom Kite walking in the press room saying, well, I won my golf tournament. He finished second <laughs> yeah. that day. B-flat. And... Um, but 96, uh, you know, I mean, to be on the premises and just here, it was like, it was like the, it was, it was, it was like a mass funeral or something. I mean, it was, it was so quiet out there watching Norman just disintegrate like that. And then of course that, that obscured what Valdo did. He shot at 67 <laughs> on Sunday, which is probably one of the best Sunday rounds ever shot here. So, uh, those two are the ones that stand out for me. All right. You knuckleheads have anything to say for yourselves? This is Ryan Labner's second Masters. I mean, that bubble one that I went to in 2012 was pretty good, right? That one stands out in your mind from Masters memories. The, the, the gap wedge from the trees, yeah, that was a good Masters memory for me. Give me Angel Cabrera. Come on. That was fun. Uh, you can have him. Well, I was here in 04. The 04 one, the, the Phil, Phil's yeah, first was pretty. Yeah. I watched it in the in the locker room with Patty Harrington and Fred Couples and everybody going nuts in there. That was a pretty pretty cool moment, too. Right, yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat this place. Ben and... Uh, Ben and Davis Love in 95, mm -hmm. the Harvey Pennick thing. I mean, there, there's, a, there's always a story here. I mean, 
it's it's year after year it's it just never really disappoints. All right, well let's wrap it up and and thank again Mark Wicker, LA Daily News for for walking down the hall in our rented house and into our uh, into the into the room for us to into sit the hearts and, and minds of, of listeners everywhere <laughs> to thousands to throngs and throngs of GolfChannel.com <laughs> listeners. So thank you, Mark, for stopping by. I really appreciate it. So for Mark and Rex Hogger and Ryan Lavender, I'm Jay Coffin. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Stay with GolfChannel.com for all the latest news and updates for the Masters, and we will catch you later. Take care.